What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. We are live. Um, I'm testing a new live audio broadcast. Wanted to go through and talk about Tesla ramping Model Y deliveries. I think this is super exciting. Um, I actually just saw my first Model Y in the wild. So I want to talk about this, um, what I'm expecting about Q2. I'm going to share the link real quick. want to make sure everybody is able to tune in for this. Um, and I believe you can actually call in. There's a number on screen. Um, and I'll see if you try and call in. Oh, and I can see your chats as well. Um, so new sort of content format, really pumped to test this out. Um, and yeah, let's go for it. I'm just making sure that I was able to send out this tweet. Um, gonna let everybody join for another couple seconds. Okay, looks like we've got 100 people. Um, so yeah, what up everybody? Uh, welcome to HyperChange Live Radio. Um, I believe you can call in on the fan line um, should be open. Uh, you can call 864-514-6221. And I'm going to have you guys call in and, and tell me about if you've seen Model Y or anything. Um, so I personally wanted to go live because I just saw my first two Model Ys um, in Seattle driving around. Like literally I have never seen, I hadn't seen a Model Y in the wild and literally saw two within like 10 minutes of driving. Um, and I think, I mean, Seattle is an area where, uh, what, like, early Model Y deliveries are going to happen. So definitely not indicative of what's happening around the world. But I'm also reading news that Tesla just started uh, Model Y deliveries in Canada. Um, and I tweeted yesterday wondering what was up with Model Y deliveries and um, just got like just so much amazing information from all of you people. Everybody's saying they're seeing truckloads of Model Y deliveries, seeing them popping up on the road. So just anecdotally, I really feel like Model Y is ramping. Um, so I kind of wanted to combine that with, um, you know, uh, basically what's going on with um, my Q2 delivery estimate. And so one second here, some minor technical difficulties. Um, so if you guys have any new uh, info or anything like that, um, please let me know um, about Model Y deliveries. And if you can call in, I don't know if anybody can call in. I haven't seen anybody try. Nobody's brave enough yet. Um, but anyway, so Model Y deliveries, uh, you know, for all the heat that Tesla got for the Model 3, the Model Y has been like, nobody's talked about Tesla's production ramp. There's so much going on in the news in the world right now. Um, but Tesla's factory's almost been open for three weeks or a month right now. Uh, they, you know, had, uh, I believe late May, they started opening, gradually reopening. Um, and, you know, Model Y, I think is the number one priority for Tesla, like not even close to anything else. I personally think it's going to cannibalize Model 3, Model S, Model X, everything. Elon and Tesla even said it's going to be the best vehicle. Um, they are the best-selling vehicle they produce. And so it's really all about how fast they can expand this. And we have Tesla building right now only at Fremont, California, pumping out those Model 3s. Um, but it's crazy. Ooh, we got a fan call on the line. Let's see how this goes. Hello? Hey. Hey, hey. Um, welcome, welcome to HyperChange. How's it going? Pretty good. Hey, I just had a quick question. I know you were talking about Model Y deliveries, and I think, yeah, they are really ramping. Um, what's your um, expected um, amount of Model Ys this um, quarter? Um, oh, thanks, Jason, for the super chat. This is rad. So Model Y, I was going to get to that, man. Spoiling this. Um, Model oh, Y for sorry. the quarter. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Uh, so I think my calculations were about 12 or 1300 were delivered last year um, or last quarter, sorry. And so they're ramping, uh, they did as many uh, Model Ys, they did it two quarters for Model 3. So like ramping twice as fast and they were profitable. And so you have the factory shutdown to take into account. But I was looking at Model 3, at least deliveries um, in the next two quarters, like in quarters three and four of that ramp. And it was like, right. uh, 
8,000 cars and then 18,000 cars. So it was like 26,000 deliveries. So my current estimate is about 10,000 or more. We've got this guy, Troy Testlike on Twitter. I think he's always super accurate with estimates reading in that VIN data. He's about at yeah, 8,000. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's You're more good. like it's close to about 2000 per week or 1500 per week production. But depending on how fast that scales to the end of the quarter, like it'll depend on where, like who knows where, what the actual delivery number will be. doesn't matter that much. But I think the important right. part is like, we're hitting that 1500, 2000 a week kind of scale. Um, does right. that answer your question or anything else? Yeah, pretty much. And uh, just a quick follow-up, if you have a chance, Model Y, Shanghai, you think um, maybe by the end of the year, or Q1 2021 looks more realistic. Okay. Uh, I personally think it's we've been wait. I mean, every single deadline for Shanghai, like they hit it and they crush it and they come in even sooner. So my guess is it's either going to be super early 2021 or it could be even earlier, but like we're already in June. You know what I mean? Either way, we're talking about five yeah. months, six months, seven months, like it's coming fast. And even Berlin, like I've seen them kind of pick back up the pace of construction there and Model Y is going to be the yeah. first thing to roll off the line there too. So um, I'm thinking late Q4, early Q1 for uh, that Model Y in, in Shanghai. Anyway, thanks so much for hopping on. I'm thanks so much. I love player. your contact. Keep going. Love it. Yeah, thank you. Okay, let's see what else we got. Um, sorry about that. I thought the line was open. I'm still getting the hang of this. Got someone else calling in. Hello. Hey, how's it going? This is uh, Hyperchange. You're live. Hey, great. Love your show. Um, should be nice to turn down that uh, music on hold. Boy, is that obnoxious. Oh, I'm sorry. But this is a, a beta uh, software program that I'm testing. Um, so uh -huh. I, will, I will include that feedback. Sorry about that. So actually, it'd be great. Instead of the, uh, the uh, snazzy uh, music on hold, it'd be great if you could actually hear the live show while you're on hold. Oh, you're, uh, I agree 100%. So uh, yeah, what's your name? What's your question? Uh, my name is Peter, and uh, I've, got, uh, I've got a Y on... Actually, I had two two on order. Canceled one uh, recently for various reasons. Um, got another, had another one on order. And the day that I canceled my uh, Y, which is two days ago, all of a sudden the next one shows up in the queue. It was a difference between a performance and a non-performance. And in, uh, anyway, so I'm told that I'm supposed to get it this week. But I'm in um, Southern California currently. I, I go between Southern and Northern California. So I went to uh, the big Tesla dealer here in Burbank and saw about half a dozen of them waiting to be picked up. I'd say three of them had some nasty orange peel paint job on it. And there was a red <laughs> one that was like, really? This made it out of the factory? Uh-oh. Um, and then, then I went to a mall nearby. Which I was surprised they actually had a white performance on display at a mall. And it was perfect, of course. But uh, yeah, they're showing up. Uh, they're showing up uh, all over. And I was surprised how quickly I got called for the second one. Um, usually yeah. you get like a, a, count, a countdown that says, what month would you like it in? No, I got, I got a text that said um, it's, it's being built this week. That is okay. crazy. Well, ma yeah, maybe they had um, like inventory going on or like something close by that would just fit your needs that worked perfectly. But that's really interesting. Thanks for sharing, Peter. Sure. Take care. Bye. Okay, we got someone else. That was really interesting. I think I've noticed a lot of quality control issues. So I wonder, I hope that's not too big of a thing. Um, he hello, you're on air. This is Hyperchange. Who am I talking to? Hey, how's it going? Great. How are you doing? Um, does your question have to be um, with the Model Y? Can it be something else? That I can no, ask? go for it. Whatever you want. 
Um, my question is, Elon Musk has like really been pushy about you know autopilot and its capability of full self-driving. Like even saying that it will be you know feature complete by the end of the year. However, I was just wondering, what is your opinion on that, and when do you think that you know level five autonomy will be coming to Tesla's? Love it. Okay, um, that's a really good question. I mean, Tesla is making progress. I don't even think Elon Musk really would bet on a quarter if he if you made him because. It's just so much up in the air with regulators. You know, that's the biggest thing. Um, I personally have been really impressed with the rollout at stoplights feature. Like, I think you just got to track the progress. And that's the best way to figure out, you know, autopilot. They just rolled out stopping on city streets. I mean, it's pretty clear that it's not just on the highway anymore. Like, it's literally working in cities, um, stops at the stop sign, this new visualizations where it's like 3D rendering. It sees more cones. It sees more people. Like, we can feel it and see it getting better. And you talk to any owner and they know that the software is getting better. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Are we only 50% of the way there? Like, I think Tesla only recognizes about half of that, um, maybe two thirds, maybe one third, but around there of their full self-driving revenue package. So if you really wanted to track how close is Tesla to achieving full autonomy, um, then I would track like, well, how much of that full self-driving package are they allowed to recognize revenue of at this time and how much of it is for future services? Um, so I hope that answers it. But if I had to put a guess on it, um, so I think this is what you really want. When do we have Tesla like L5 that you could drive from your home to work without interventions, but you still have to be in the seat monitoring it, feature complete FSD, I think mid 2021, frankly, not that far away. Um, but I think regulatory approval, maybe 2022, 2023. And that's like my own version of Elon time, like me being optimistic. Um, anyway, thanks for the question. Let's go to the next one. 2023. And that's like my own version of Elon time. Hello? Like me being optimistic. Um, anyway, thanks for the question. Let's go to the next one. Hello? And that's like my own version of Elon time. Hello? Like me being optimistic. Hey, um, you're on hyperchange. What's up? Hello? All right. We had some technical difficulties there. I'm reopening up the fan line. Sorry about that, everyone. Still working on this. Hello? You're live on HyperChange? What's up? Hi. This is... Uh... Hello? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? You're live. What's your question? Good, good. So I was curious. Do you think the... Cybertruck or the semi comes out first. And also with the Ooh. semi, I know they're going to need super mega, you know, the, the big uh, superchargers, the mega ones to be able to power them. Do you think, uh, when do you think we start seeing a rollout of those around? Uh, around wow. What's your name? Alex. 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 Love this question. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, Okay, here, here's where I'm at with this. I think Tesla is delaying the semi, moving up the Cybertruck for almost exactly the reason Alex just mentioned, the mega charger. Different charging infrastructure, massive, probably CapEx. I remember asking uh, JB and Elon this on the 2018 Q1 conference call, being like, what's up with the uh, Tesla semi? Like, you're going to have to build these massive mega charger stations. If you want to actually start you know, selling these, you need to have the charging infrastructure. Nobody's going to buy them. And so I think the fact that we haven't seen them announce that or start building it really, or we don't know much about that is a big clue about how much progress has been made on the semi program. And I think they're going to need that new Maxwell cell, some new battery cell. Um, if you listen to that conference call in Q1, another question that I had was, do the Roadster and semi 
use new battery technology? And Elon's answer is fascinating because he says, even with the current battery technology, we could hit the specs. But I think the in-between the lines there is they're waiting on a new battery cell for those vehicle lineups. That's delayed it because we know Tesla's battery capacity is their biggest constraint. So I think the Cybertruck is going to get moved up ahead of that. And frankly, demand for like Tesla moves like the Model Y. I don't even you know, like I think the Model Y just popped up because they were like crossover SUVs are better. Like this is going to sell better than a sedan. Like they're always kind of innovating and adapting. Um, like the, their ability to change strategies really quickly is extremely impressive. And I think they're like we are, could sell so many Cybertrucks. We have like seven hundred fifty thousand pre-orders. Like this is going to be a game changer. Like we should just move up the timeline of this. Um, and so I think the Cybertruck. They're probably going to come around the same time, but I think Cybertruck hits scale before the semi. Um. Awesome question. Let's go to the next one. Hello. Uh, you're live on HyperChange. Hey, Gally. It's Andrew. How are you doing? Um, love Andrew, everything you up? put out. Uh, I wanted to talk about FSD. Obviously, that's the biggest question in the room. And do you think, because um, it's my take, that China is going to be the first government to authorize FSD relative to the U.S.? Um, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? And do you think that Trump or the next presidential campaign is going to use that as a platform to sort of pivot themselves as like that next iteration of uh, innovation, like similar to like an industrial revolution, if you will? Fascinating. Was it Andrew? Lo I love this question. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, of course. All right. Um, hmm, let me think about it. So China... I've all often think that China would be in a perfect place because of like their government being super on board for Tesla for them to push for autonomy, create a special lane on the highway. Like really like if the government's friendly, this autonomy thing can happen way faster. If you move forward on the lane markings, uh, you know, city design, street design, like we can get this implemented a lot faster, I think. And that's something where I've always thought, well, like China really wants Tesla, really wants clean streets. Like they should be working with the government to launch some sort of autonomous program or regulation. But I haven't heard about that. But I really think there's a clear business case for that. Um, I also don't know about like, I forget who was telling me something about Texas autonomy laws. I probably shouldn't be talking about this because I don't know what I'm talking about. But wherever they build the new Gigafactory or, you know, this has been my biggest thing about like FSD and, you know, the whole rollout of all of this is like, it has to be geographic specific. Waymo starting in Phoenix in a very certain area for a very certain reason. And, you know, governments are different. Like Tesla is not committed or even hinted at a jurisdiction where there would, where this, you know, true robo taxi full autonomy would actually launch. And so, I don't know, I'm very curious. Like, I think you, they need to partner and really work with the government there. And we haven't even seen the start of that. So that's another hint that this is still, you know, a couple years away from happening. But, um, you know, if I was... You know, I don't want to talk, make a political statement, but if I was like a president or in charge of the U.S., I'd be like, this is an amazing technology. 350 people die a day from accidents on our roads. This is a major public health hazard. Like Tesla's investing in solving this problem and making the air cleaner. This is a key, amazing piece of technology to push our transportation system forward, leap ahead of other countries. Like I would be doing whatever it takes to cater to Tesla to push this technology forward um, because it's the future. And we could, whoever does is going to be a leader and have massive economic and health benefits for their society if they do this and so yeah i'm just kind of waiting to see which government will pull it off um brian thanks for the super chat model s now at 402 miles epa epic like happening while i'm doing this that's awesome okay um i'm gonna take another call hey you're, you're live like on happening while i'm doing this that's awesome okay um what's up hi guys this is paul from chicago 
Hey. Um, I have a question about V2G. Um, yep. Currently, Tesla is uh, leasing cars for about $400 a month. What if they, they can recoup uh, like a two, $200, $300 a month from the V2G and just uh, lease the cars for like $100 or $200 per month? And you would need to sign up for at least, I don't know, let's say uh, eight hours a day to be connected to the, to the, to the grid. Yep. Love this question. Thank you so much. So vehicle to grid, if you're only paying a couple hundred, five, six hundred a month for your Tesla, like could you, you know, how much could you make from vehicle to grid basically get paid by the grid to be a, use that car battery as a buffer? Um, the UK is ahead of this. Um, shout out. Oh man, I'm totally blanking on the name of this guy who was like a PhD from the UK who hit me up about after I put out my video, amazing conversation about the UK sort of They've done a couple experiments of this, not on Teslas, on worse batteries, in my opinion, like the Leaf, I think, and a couple other Mitsubishi maybe. Um, and they were showing you could generate, I think it was like 1,200 a year pounds from optimizing the grid. And, you know, that's going to be very different depending on what the grid's like, which geography you're in, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I was like, wow, that's not nothing. You know what I mean? And so I don't think it's that much of a game changer in terms of like, is it going to pay for the whole car if it's just a vehicle to grid battery as well? No, but is it a material feature? Yes. Um, like people are going to pay six or seven grand for that power wall. And you might be like, oh, well, that power wall has more storage or, and you always are going to need the car. You're going to, you want to have two batteries, but how many people have the power wall just for that one time the battery, you know, their energy goes out and they just need a little bit of juice, you know, for peace of mind. Like, I think that's actually selling a good amount of power walls. So I think it's not a game-changing financial feature, a small financial feature, but it is like a very useful feature. If your car can go vehicle to grid, will Tesla enable vehicle to grid? That's still very unclear. I think the Cybertruck would be a really good candidate for that because of just sort of its industrial use and its bigger battery. But um, yeah. All right, let's go to the next call. Um, hello. Hi, how's it going? Excellent. Welcome to Hyperchange. You're live. What's up? Awesome. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah. So, you. by the way, I just want to say thank you really quick because you inspired me to make a YouTube channel. But anyway, on one of the videos <laughs> awesome. I made about Tesla, I got a bunch of people uh, asking me, what do I think about Tesla at this current price? And what I would tell them is, I think at this current price, and I want your opinion on this, this is why I'm asking. Um, I, I tell them, hey, at this current price, I think that you're not really buying Tesla because of, of, the car of the car business. You're buying Tesla more so for the other businesses that it could get into. So I was wondering, like, 5, 10, 20 years out, what do you see Tesla doing? Like, I know you made a video about electric airplanes. Like, what else yep. do you see them doing? And what portion of the business do you think is going to be based on just cars? Love it. Okay. Thanks for the question. Um, so, man, what do we got? Tesla. So I'm actually working on this, like, crazy moonshot video of, like, Tesla's a fictional 2030 earnings report for Tesla, where I describe what their financials look like in 2030 and what happened this decade, which you're making me want to do that even more. Daniel, thanks for the super chat. Um, I can read your, all your chats, by the way. Um, but Tesla, fundamentally, what powered the, the 20th century? The internal combustion engine was the backbone of propulsion for society, moving stuff and people around for a century. I think we're on the cusp of an entirely new transportation or propulsion technology to fuel our society for the 21st century, and that's the electric motor and drivetrain. So literally everything that consumes oil and fossil fuels, I think, is about to get disrupted and a target for this new energy ecosystem. So this is why in some people's lingo, shout out to Julian, they'll say that the atomic unit for Tesla is its battery, the cost, the efficiency, the performance, the scale 
um, the, like how many of it they can have. The supply of their battery in many ways dictates the entire business because as they get that battery cheaper, the tail of different industries they can disrupt goes up and up. So you've seen them do passenger cars right now where the battery is what, 15 to 20% of the cost and decreasing. They were still able to bring a compelling car to market. Now they're not just going to move people around, they're going to move stuff because all of a sudden their new battery cell got cheaper, got more efficient. It could not just disrupt consumer cars, but it could disrupt the semi truck. Then we saw the pickup truck be able to get disrupted with the cyber truck. And so as you see, as the technology, that atomic unit of technology continually improves, the ability for Tesla to disrupt more and more continues. And so I think planes need to go electric unless we're all shooting around in tunnels that Elon Musk builds some other way. And so that's why I asked him about that. I think he's downplaying it. I don't know. Somebody's going to build an electric airplane. The company with the best batteries in the best position to do it and the most batteries. And right now that's Tesla, but it's probably five or 10 years down the road before the batteries get good enough there. Another thing is like massive cargo ships that move stuff around the oceans, burning a massive amount of fossil fuels. Those should be electric with solar panels as well. Um, autonomous floating solar farms that generate energy, like not transportation, just generating energy. Um, is a whole, Well, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. Everything that moves people or stuff that is burning fossil fuels, like at some point it's cheaper to use a battery as the cost of the battery goes down. Um, and this drivetrain technology gets better and goes down. And so it's just, I see the next decade and just every single couple of years, new industries, new disruption, potentially hundreds of billions of dollars in revenue. Um, and that's just from transportation. And then you talk about the grid, you know, like the energy storage. I think what Tesla's validating right now with their, I'm putting, I'm writing my Patreon newsletter right now. I'm putting a uh, couple things in about the mega packs. They're installing projects with multiple mega packs. Like I think um, Tesla's like when I'm, I'm actually trying to invest in SpaceX as well. And Tesla, and what I always tell people is like, I am, I bet on technology. Like tes Tesla is a technology company. I don't really care what their financials are today. Because I think that's there's a severe lag in the monetization of their technology. And so it's going to take another decade for them to fully monetize their battery and full self-driving technology and solar roof technology and all these energy and transportation technologies. Um, that a lot of the hard work has been done. A lot of the hard work has been de-risked and developed. Or it's already been developed. So super, super exciting. Um, anyway, that's what it is. I got a couple super chats. Thank you. Um, I'm not sure what that means, but anyway, all right, I'm going to take another call. Hope that answers your question. Um, I'm trying to think of like one really crazy quirky product that no one's ever t discussed that Tesla would come out with. Um, ooh, this is what I personally want is the Tesla smart home, like the home, you know, the way we, uh, the Tesla AC system that Elon talked about, the way like we get our water, the way we filter our air, the way we heat and cool our homes, you know, this is all energy. Um, and Tesla has really advanced air filtration systems in its cars. So I think the future of your home will be, you know, the entire way air gets moved around your home and gets cleaned and purified and heated around your home will totally change, become radically more energy efficient, become smarter, become better for you and better for the planet at the same time. Huge disruption in the smart home space that I see Tesla is getting adjacent to. So, um, yeah. All right. Let me get to another call. Tesla jet ski. Oh, man. I, I hate, I hate like all sort of like ATVs, jet skis, like uh, snowmobiles. Like you're, you just have this really loud engine that just disturbs nature. It smells horrible. Like I, I hate all of these sort of devices because they just ruin nature. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, man, I hate being a human and just polluting and making all this noise through nature. I would love an electric jet ski or an electric ATV. Um, so I think that is just personally lawnmower. Yeah. All right, let's take another call. Hello? Hey, 
Yeah, hey. uh, Gally, I'm just wondering, what do you think the margins are going to be like on the Cybertruck? Oh, okay. Um, thanks for the question. So the Cybertruck margins, no idea. I mean, I think Tesla tries to shoot for 25 to 30% at maturity for all of its vehicle programs. I would say somewhere around there. Um, man, I, I think Tesla is going to kill me for saying this, but I think the $40,000 Cybertruck is going to be like the $35,000 Model 3. Like it's not going to come out for a while. And I think they're not going to be able to, because that just is way too cheap to me. Um, but I think in line with their other vehicles, um, probably around 25 to 30% gross margins, depending on how much of that, you know, the FSD gets priced in and how much they're charging. Uh, sorry if that was a bad answer, but anyway, new call. Hey, what's up? You're live on Hyperchange. Hey, golly. Yeah, uh, I have a few questions. Uh, this is Henry calling from New Jersey. Uh, the impact of Elon's stock options vesting in the quarter, what do you think that's going to be uh, from a gap perspective, I guess? We would have to look um, at I've heard uh, that that could impact the income statement if they have to market. I haven't looked into this, so I don't know. But I mean, I personally don't care. It's like I know I've already priced in the amount of dilution from his stock option into my model. And so I know they're going to recognize it as he achieves those milestones. And it's going to mess up the financials for a quarter where he recognizes it maybe. But it's not cash. It's just new shares. So it, it, it's going to impact the financial statements, but it has no other impact on the business. Right. Uh, right. But I think we were looking at it from a perspective of hopefully, you know, uh, the shares uh or that they, they achieve certain profitability and then they make it into the, you know, the S&P 500. That's, I guess that's what, um, what I was referring to the most. Yeah. But, uh, I have a, a couple others, if you don't mind. Yeah, let's do another question. What's up? I got a, few, yeah, a bunch more was, people online. Okay. So. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll move through them quickly. Uh, your top three reasons, or maybe you could do it just one, for the most recent stock performance, and uh, another one would be, what is your year-end share price target? Yeah, so I'm not. I don't make ever share price targets. I think the share price. I mean, I don't know. For three years, I thought Tesla was way too cheap and was buying stock hand over fist, and I thought everybody was crazy that didn't think this was going to be the totally game-changing company. It, you know, and then finally the stock shot up. So I think you know, trying to look too much into why the stock's up now or down is not a good mentality to have. And like, you just want to think long-term um, about the actual core fundamentals of the business. The cash flows improved, deliveries are ramping. They proved they can, you know, hit scale with the model three, do it super profitably. The second that psychology flip changes, everyone's like, okay, well, if they can do that with the model three, imagine what they can do with the model Y with all the similar parts. They can ramp that even more profitably Then they have the conference call. They say they're doing it. FSDs rolling out. They're charging more and more for it. The attachment rate, attachments rates going up, gross margins are hitting their scale, you know, the Cybertruck crushed it. It almost has 700, 800,000 pre-orders, you know, 30 Nikola Motors hits a $30 billion market cap just because they're, you know, 10 years behind t Tesla and competing on one business line. Like I, I think, uh, I don't know if that made that that's fully answering your question. I also think the, the question of whether electric vehicles or not is good for our planet and good, better for our cities. We've had a once in a just forever experiment of realizing that like, what if our cars stopped, every single car stopped driving for two months, what would happen? Like the air gets so much cleaner. I think it's been a huge wake up call to everybody. And I think this is why a lot of electric vehicle stocks and companies are soaring right now because um, I don't know, I think the, there's a, people just are waking up to the reality. 
Um, that makes me really happy. All right, let's go to another call. Hello? Hey, what's up? You're live on HyperChange. What's, how can I help you? Oh, Kyoto. Uh, you know Mike Cannonbrook? He's the uh, Australian uh, billionaire founder of Atlassian that uh, hooked up with Elon Musk to get the battery started in South Australia? No. Well, that guy... All right, so he's the guy that uh, tweeted with Elon and you know, started that whole discussion. Oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. It. You can look it up. But anyway, he's got another project happening now with uh, another dude, an iron ore billionaire from Australia called Andrew Forrest, called Sun Cable. They're going to put, a, or they're planning to put a cable between Northern Australia and Singapore. It's uh, expected to be about $20 billion. They've uh, already issued... Uh, notices of intent with the environmental agencies. Uh, they're starting their planning work now. Just wanted to get your thoughts on it, whether it's on your radar. And yeah, thanks for taking my call. I love it. Calls like this are where I feel like I have the coolest job in the world. Like people are telling me all this awesome stuff I don't even know about. I'm Googling it right now. I mean, this is three gigawatt uh, a project, 15,000 hectares of solar array. I mean, this is, you know, as the world moves for sustainable energy, I don't know anything about this project, but I'm just... Not, I mean, the fact that the guy who's involved in leading it already bought a bunch of Tesla batteries is a really good sign. But, um, you know, the economics of solar and batteries for starting a new project, if you're going to build a power plant from scratch, have never been stronger. So that, I think, is the reason why, you know, every new big ambitious project and like the technology has been proven. So like, yeah, this project gets me pumped. But what more gets me pumped is like we validated like that big battery in Australia we were just talking about, like that validated the technology. It's all about scaling it and monetizing it. Um, and it's just... Yeah, so I'm I'm almost less hyped about this because I think Tesla could get an unlimited amount of projects that are just huge and massive and transform our energy structure. The problem is they need to build the batteries, and I don't know how they're going to do that. That's why we're also waiting for battery investor day. So, um, yeah. All right, let me. Uh, I, man, too many calls. All right, let's go to another one. Hello. Hey, what's up? You're live on HyperChange. What can I do for you? What's going on? Uh, hey, quick question. I'm going to take you back to memory lane um, at uh, AI Investor Day. When you had a question about supercharging and um, kind of the autonomous snake, oh, yeah. I remember Elon's answer was like super absurd. I thought it was terrible. He said it was like arbitrary. So if full self-driving is coming out in a year, year and a half or what have you, why aren't new supercharging stations having snake already built in and how long will that take to actually implement man okay awesome question um i have no idea i mean i think if elon can land the rocket then he can probably land the charger that's his theory um the snake charger if you if you don't know and you're tuning in the show man this is amazing uh that like this concept of like it charges like instead of you plugging in it just automatically finds your carport and charges i mean i think that's kind of less of a big deal than people think if there's going to be robo taxis i imagine like a supercharger hub around cities and then maybe you could just have a guy working there that plugs it in to start like i don't think it makes i don't know i think it looks really cool as a technology but as like a game changer for the economics and enabling robo taxis i don't think it's actually necessary um but huge potential. And I think it looks really cool. And that's, that's the weirdest thing about, you know, that's a perfect microcosm of when we talk about, Oh, full autonomy, robo taxi, like there's so many different things we have to think through so many different wild potential scenarios of like, 
you know, there's nobody in the car. How is it, is it going to get clean? Like all of these weird little things that we're just going to have to figure out. New industries are going to be created. I think the job of being a robo taxi fleet operator is going to be a huge new industry. Um, and those are going to be the people who uh, the burden is on to figure out, you know, how to do the charging most efficiently. Um, all right, let's do one call. One more call. Then I got to bounce. This is so, so fun. Hey, you're live on HyperChange. This is Gally. How can I help you? Yeah, yeah Gally. Actually, my question was uh, similar to the one before. Do, do you think they should do? Uh, do you think they should do induction charging, where they can just pull over the car over the hill and, and charge it that way instead of having a remote arm going in to charge them? Okay, this is a great question. Um, is the technology, I mean, I know I can set my phone down and it'll charge slower. So I assume that's the same thing as the car. Like, it's just going to charge slower. If Like, you drive into a parking spot and it, like, has the charger. It's just charging the battery. I think that technology probably doesn't add enough range yet and isn't efficient enough yet and probably too expensive. But I feel like I've seen some articles about, like, maybe Israel where they're building, like, solar highways and charging vehicle lanes on highways. So, um Lots of potential there, but I think that's that technology is a little bit early. But I think the, the high level concept of like, you know, does the technology for charging get better? You know, that is, um, I think, inevitable. It gets cheaper, better, faster to charge in all these different ways. Um, and it's not really getting cheaper, faster, better to charge your internal combustion engine anyway. And so that is kind of how I look about all this. But the timing and the practicality of each individual application, just not quite sure. All right. I lied. I'm going to take one more question. Yo, you're live on HyperChange. What's up? Hello? Hello? Hey, how can I help you? Hi, is this Gally? Yep, you're live. Oh, hey, there's, I guess there's a delay on the on the internet. So, yeah, my question was, um, I have an, a Tesla rear-wheel drive. Okay. I have a Tesla rear-wheel drive on order, but I haven't heard from Tesla whether they're going to be making those or not, or whether we'll need to reorder that. For Model Y. For Model Y, yeah. Rear wheel, the rear wheel drive configuration. Fascinating. And you just have heard nothing. Mm, yeah, nothing. They, they're not sh sure what they'll do with that, if they're going to make it reorder it as an all-wheel drive or okay. if they're going gotcha. to the, honor the rear wheel drive. Awesome. Thanks for the question. So do I have any idea about what Tesla will do what what what's going on? No, but that is very interesting because Tesla's delivering certain variants, moving certain people up really quick quickly and others not so quickly. Um, I'm just not I've never really bought a Tesla, so I'm just not really the guy to answer this question, unfortunately. Um, but my guess is they're either I think they're probably doing batches of only certain configurations of the Model Y. And that's why some people are getting moved up, some are not, depending on their configuration and geography. Um, and that's just kind of how Tesla does it to maximize production efficiencies. Um, all right, so I got to I gotta bounce, but I'm, this is so, so fun. I kind of tested this. And I'm totally going to do this again this week, maybe tomorrow. Um, if you have any ideas for calls or want to call in, like, so, so cool. Really huge shout out to everyone who called in. Um, but my take on Model Y. So I saw my first two in the wild. Um, Production is ramping. My guesstimate for deliveries for Q2 is about 10,000. Um, and I think it's going to be even more profitable. But one thing I think is important to keep in mind is it could drag down overall profitability because last quarter they were profitable growth, gross margin, but barely, but barely in units. Now they have more units. And I don't know if the gross margin will still be 
even at 20%. So um, I wouldn't be, you know, I, I'd be prepared to see a lower gross margin as they ramp model Y and it becomes a bigger piece of their business in Q2. So that's kind of one like headwind I want to keep uh, people thinking about. But other than that, I think, you know, the, the model Y, the secret of Tesla, why I want to do this live stream is that like Tesla, the model Y is ramped. They know how to build it. The production's up and running. It's booming. These model Ys are popping up everywhere. And I think uh, this is going to be the best selling vehicle probably, you know, in America, it's going to crush the Model 3, the crossover UV segment, uh, CUV segments, like double the sedan segment. So the potential for this car to sell hundreds of thousands is of units per year. Like by far, Tesla's best-selling car is there. And we get a watch for the next five to six quarters of just ramping, not only at Fremont, but then China comes online in Q4, Q1 of 2020, uh, 2021. And then we have Berlin coming online later in 2021. I mean, this is going to be literally a six-quarter, seven-quarter massive ramp um, to do all this. But anyway... Thank you so much, everybody. Tune in. I'll see y'all next time. Um, Hyper Change Live Radio. First, first time we did. It. I think the, the thing was a huge success. Anyway, peace.